Chapter 18 The Incarnation of Kali Jack I woke up naked in a wheelchair, with my hands chained to the rims. Round and round, my arms rotated with the wheels while I hugged my knees. Turning my cheek, there was a man in a slim black membrane pushing me down the musty teal corridor. Sorry for the rough accommodation, he said. You were like this when I got you. They said you hit someone. It's best to keep those fists in control. We were in a sewer, or a cavern. Yes, it was man-made, but the stale moisture reminded me of my room back on the 56. No one forgets the smell of being trapped. I lifted my face to plea with this man, but all I saw were two jasper orange eyes peering through the eye slits of his copper mask. Again, real sorry about this, he said. It happened to me too, if you can believe that. Melted pennies were pressed together, forming the copper helmet over his head, and that's when I caught a glance of his badge, which read, T. Hammond, Extractor, Number 28. Where are you taking me? I asked. Oh, I think it's better you don't know, said T. Hammond. I turned my cheek when we passed a hallway and caught a gust of air coming up from the dark staircase heading down. The sight of those bricks made me shudder, but it was the chill that kept making me shake. At least you're not going down there, said T. Hammond. That's one reason to be grateful today. He wheeled me to the right, entering some sort of main corridor which led to another teal hall. Mostly dark, but now two men with copper masks and black jumpsuits were waiting on a bench for me. They had no badges, but this was the end of the maze. All that was left was one last door. The king started it, I begged. I don't know what they told you, but the king is to blame. You have to believe me. The guard stood up and moved toward the brass door ahead. That's the funny thing, whispered T. Hammond. I actually do. The door was pinned shut by heavy rods sandwiched between fat brackets. I watched while these mysterious men removed all the rods until thirteen bars were lying next to my wheelchair. T. Hammond uncovered a large key with two big teeth and inserted it into the grand lock. He twisted the key sideways when I noticed a black skull was engraved on it. Who are you? Extractors, said T. Hammond. And I'm afraid you're heading in. Into where? The steamer, whispered T. Hammond. Sparks screeched under the weight of the door as the two men pried it open. Only T. Hammond came inside with me. The other men shut the door behind us. We were in a holding cell with white-tiled floor, and the only thing left ahead was one last red door. Was it painted or stained? No handle on it either, and this door was set here on purpose with nothing but a crucifix hanging upside down. I always wished things had turned out differently for people like us, said T. Hammond, but I'll be right here when you get out. He fastened my wheelchair onto a conveyor that was engineered into the floor. Bolting the wheels into the mechanism, he patted me on the back twice with soft hands. What's behind the red door? Difficult to describe. I got a harmless one, or at least that's what they say. So maybe you'll get lucky and end up working with me someday, said T. Hammond. He stepped away and knocked on the brass door three times before his comrades pried it open a few inches so he could slip out. Moments passed while I listened to the rods fastened back in place. And just when it got quiet, the mechanical gears jolted beneath me and the red door began rising as the conveyor pulled me ahead. First there was steam, but then I noticed I was inside an old infirmary. Someone had modified the fire sprinklers because steam and water were spraying out from above. White walls, white dressers, and white beds were arranged in a circle when I stopped in the center. The mist began to settle when the door began closing behind me. Beds, dressers, and my naked body were all soaking in puddles from the droplets above. 
What shall we try this time? Asked a voice. I turned to face it, but the room was empty. He seems different than the usual type, doesn't he? Said another voice. This might be our last chance. I looked to the other side of the room, but no one was there. My head snapped forward when a figure began to emerge under the mist. A see-through entity was coming towards me, perfectly clear, while the falling vapor outlined the shape of the human body. One by one, countless invisible strangers began to appear around the room. Water trickled down their heads, shoulders, chests. When I closed my eyes, it's not real, it's just in your head. It is real, said one of the figures. Impossible. My head checked behind me, and there were just as many in back. Pinching my chest into my thighs, I hid my face between my knees when tears came pouring out. Ghosts aren't real, they can't be. We're not ghosts, one said. More like hungry spirits, or demons if you misbehave. We're the ones waiting for a body. Hey, you've got a body, said a stranger on my right. The voices switched sounds. Now they began speaking in dialects I'd never heard. The sound resonated between my ears, but nothing registered until one of the spirits came forward. My face was tucked under my armpit when I caught it move. Water ran down its invisible body until it stood before me. I'll do it, she said. I'll go with him. It was silent while the invisible spirits waited. The figure was standing before me, and so I raised my head to stare through her. Long dreadlocks were flowing over her shoulders, but I could see all the others behind her, and through them were the white beds and dressers. What is this place? I'm afraid we're in a mental institution, my love, she said. You and I and all these witnesses are the patients. It's a crazy house, and the cowards left us to die. But what they forgot is how we're not sick. We're special, and old souls have a way of coming back. Her face came closer when I noticed how many arms she possessed. Maybe four, maybe six... There's only one way we can fool them. Would you like that? To trick these sick people who put you in here. Because if they left you for dead, then you're a lot like me. She paused. Now I don't usually propose, but will you merge with me? What? Union. She asked. My eyes swiveled to check again. Of course I'd gone mad. Her hand touched my shoulder. Goosebumps erupted across my skin like an electric shock. Each hair jumped up right as if my spirit was leaking out through my pores. I felt her buzz, and the vibration was clinging to my body. Something about me was being pulled toward this woman. Because her hand was real, I could feel it even though my eyes saw she was clear within. Now the outline where five fingers brushed against my cheek. Who are you? I could see her head tilt to the side to observe my eyes. Oh, this isn't about me. This is about us. And who else is brave enough but you? As moments become memories, even strangers turn to friends. You're safe around lost souls. We're all comprised of odds and ends. Foolish but safe, reckless but benign. And the spirit lives for this moment, for this moment is on time. Through every experience and the places we're from, we'll create the memories of the times yet to come. Daring and courageous, you're my uncommon breed. So as long as you and I are together, then we have everything we need. Said the female spirit. But what are you? Well, a name's just a name. I'm more of a trickster than that. But I'll be your goddess, and you may call me Ma Kali Jack, said the spirit. The stranger winked before she reached to her hip and revealed an invisible knife the same size as my arrowhead. I thought she was pure. She even had me convinced, but now I began to understand whom she really was inside. Holding the blade to my third eye, I watched her six arms rise up as she pierced it through my forehead. Seeping into my sight, her see-through entity blurred through me as she pressed her way between my eyes to merge. The mind sent the body into all signals before I fell into a trance. I could hear her whisper. My eyes lost track. She was like a burning blaze, impossible to fight back. 
Inside my body, my brain began to crack. I'm the matriarch of blades. This is the life of Kali Jack, she said.